Do you like the show and want to help support us? Do you want us to stay ad-free? Do you want extra episodes every month? Well, then just head over to patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro and become a Patreon supporter of this very show. And welcome back to another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. And the official fact checker is joining us tonight, Mr. Wallace Phelps. Hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. I would like to point out that I did defeat you at video game trivia the other night. Let's not bring that up. (laughs) Hey, you had uh, you had. Yeah, I, I heard there was an epic showdown the other uh, night. Let's see. You had Tyler Watson on your team, so there was two of you who had retro gaming knowledge. I had to carry my entire team, <laughs> who had no retro gaming knowledge. So you know. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Well, you know, you got World of Warcraft, and we didn't. So you know, I guess it's fair. <laughs> Uh, well, so other than that, how has your week been? We'll start with our guest, Wally. How has your week been, sir? So far, so good. It's only, uh, well, as we record this uh, Tuesday, so it, not much has happened other than the fact that um, I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty lately, and uh, I am terrible. <laughs> but uh, if if you want to play uh, Call of Duty with me, I am uh, the real big wall on the... Um, PlayStation 4, and uh, essentially, I exist to die, so that's good. Oh, awesome. <laughs> and yes, you did beat me at video game trivia this last week, so we'll just, we'll, we'll throw that out there and just let everybody know that Wally defeated me, so yeah. It, it, I mean, you know, it happens. Revel in your victory. <laughs> so let me get the... Let me get this straight. The fact checker and the fact checker to the fact checker yeah. were on the same team. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it took two, it took though, two of them to take me down. Two of them to take me down. <laughs> just, let's, we, let's just throw that out there, too. Well, you know, the one question we missed in the third round, um, he thought he knew the answer. To, Tyler did. And he... he I I re- leaned over and said the the question was what is the the best selling video game of all time by units sold and D- Derek do you have a guess by units sold units sold oh Jesus um it can be a pack in game hmm I have no idea well. Tyler's guess was Wii Sports. And okay. I thought it was Tetris. And he said it with such conviction that I said, okay, we'll use that. And then when they announced that it was it was Tetris, I was like, if we lose by two points, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can uh, never fa- you can never check my facts again. <laughs> but that's why I thought that was funny. The fact checker to the fact checker. Honestly, I thought it was Super Mario by the original Brothers. fact checker. <laughs> I thought it was Super Mario Brothers. If you count in the number of units that were sold as the pack in for the Nintendo Entertainment System, I thought it was Super Mario Brothers. But... Well, the, the way I figured it is that the Tetris has been released for every console. Well, it the was the pack in for the Game Boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my cat wants to be on the show. Okay. <laughs> So, but that was my my whole thought. I mean, Tetris has never stopped being popular. Yeah. I mean, I've bought Tetris within the last five years. Well, sweet. Yeah. So, what about you, Derek? What? How has your week been? Well, pretty uneventful for the most part. Like Wally said, it's only Tuesday. Um, I did start playing the Luigi's Mansion 3DS game, which is oh. the original GameCube game, which I I thought was extremely underrated when it came out. So I started playing that uh, over the weekend. And then uh, a game that if I am on the show next week, I'm going to review much to my uh, co-host disapproval, but it should be for a, a fun review. But I'll say that me being on the show next week is up in the air because I'm going to Las Vegas for a work conference. So I'll be there Saturday through Wednesday. But chances are I'm probably going to take all of my recording gear with me so we can still do the show. But I'll, I'll keep everyone posted. But other than that, pretty uneventful week for the most part. I don't uh, understand how businesses feel that you're, you're going to get any kind of benefit for going to a work conference in Vegas because everything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Stays in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, so it would be pretty pointless <laughs> to go, right? Precisely. No, it should be fun. I've never been to Vegas before, and the, the, I'm actually staying at the MGM Grand where oh. the conference is. So, I, I when my when our receptionist booked the flight, I told her to just get me a one way ticket, and then I'll figure <laughs> out where to go from there. And hopefully, you'll get good Wi Fi in the uh, in the hotel there, so you can do the show. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll have to test that out beforehand. Well, um, you know what they say about the middle of the desert. They have the best Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, As far as my week goes, it's been okay. Um, Other than being defeated at uh, retro video game (laughs) trivia. Uh, Other than that, it's been good. Um, No, I I had a really good time that night. I I ran into a bunch of old friends that I literally have not seen in like 15 years. And uh, jumped on a team with them and it. And I, I love them to death, but none of them really had very much uh, retro gaming knowledge, except for except for one of them, my friend Brent. And uh, he, he was the 90s guy, so he had the, all the 90s stuff down pat. Anything that had anything to do with, like, uh, what were some of the fighting games that were, were questions? Like, like Mortal Kombat had a lot of questions. Yeah, like Mortal Kombat. Anything to do with the 90s, he was all over. So like, that, one that of the bonus questions was, list all of yes. the ninjas from Mortal Kombat, all the masked ninjas yeah. anyway. He got uh, those. Yeah, we we wow, there's a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> but um but other than that it was it was a pretty good week. And um I'm ready to move into the news. What do you say, fellas? Sure. Bye. And this story is from usatoday.com if I can get the page to come up. Xbox Live could soon be coming to iOS, Android, and the Nintendo Switch. 
Playing games between an Xbox and Nintendo Switch may soon expand beyond Fortnite, Minecraft, and Rocket League. According to a session posted for the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco this March, Microsoft is hosting a presentation not so subtly titled Xbox Live Growing and Engaging Your Gaming Community Across iOS, Android, Switch, Xbox, and PC. Um, Let's see. Microsoft is pitching cross-platform play as part of its pitch to developers and producers, saying the new software is designed for those looking to plan a multi-platform strategy that brings the most active, engaged players to a community where they can watch, buy, play, pause, and continue their games from one device to the next on top of the most reliable social and multiplayer network in the world. So uh, what do you guys think about the Xbox Live being on Nintendo Switch? Wally, you can go first. Out of everything that you could have said, you know what? They should bring that to the Switch. <laughs> Never in a million years would Xbox Live be one of those things. <laughs> and, I know, right? And it, it boggles my mind that this is a real thing that we're talking about. Kind of. I don't really get... Uh, I mean, it's got to be... Like, how are they going to work this? Like, are you going to be able to play? Like, I just don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't get what the point of this is. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it already happens across um, PC and Xbox, and essentially what it is is that you know you can you can actually have the game on both platforms. And like all of your progress, all like of your that. saves, all of your your trophies are cross compatible. So, say for example, you are playing uh, a game that's cross platform on the Switch, uh, and you <laughs> you happen to unlock a trophy uh, that you've been trying so hard to get. That information will transfer over to your gamer tag, your gamer score. And it so basically, it is going to also allow cross play as well, uh, according to what I've been reading. That the, the goal is for eventually Xbox players to be able to play against people who are on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, I mean, in theory, this whole thing it, it sounds amazing because. You know, I remember when the Xbox and the PlayStation came out and you had the GameCube and eventually the Wii is like, what What if you could play cross-platform on those games that, like, if you had a multiplayer game that was available for all the consoles, but you had the PlayStation and your friend had an Xbox, but you guys couldn't play together, and now you can. So it's, I want to know more information about it, but in theory, it sounds amazing. I, I mean, I get that, the, the cross-platform playing and all that kind of stuff, but I don't understand how they're going to bring Xbox Live itself to the Switch because there's so much that goes into that like Xbox Live. Well, I don't know how else to say it, but, the, but imagine Xbox Live as a service is what what they're wanting it to be is like the Netflix of video games. Uh, you can have Netflix yeah. on all of your devices 
and you're getting the same Netflix experience, the same mm-hmm. recommendations, the same, uh, you know, interface, no matter what you're using it on, if it's a Roku or my Xbox. And your cat agrees. That's what, <laughs> and my, my cat is very into this, but, uh, she, but yeah, that that is what I, I can really compare it to is that they're wanting this to become th- their Netflix. Hmm. I mean, it's an interesting idea. I'm just going to have to see it in action to see exactly what it is that it's supposed to be. Yeah, but no, and like I said, in theory, I think it it sounds great, but I, I want to know more information about it. Yeah. And our next story comes to us from TheVerge.com. 8BitDo is bringing its excellent wireless controllers to the Sega Genesis. 8BitDo makes some of the best retro gaming accessories around, and now the company is turning its attention toward the Sega Genesis. Today, they announced a pair of products that should make playing Gunstar Heroes a lot more enjoyable in 2019. The first is a wireless gamepad called the M30, a Sega-inspired device that features a similar layout and look as the Genesis original, but comes with a few modern features. It supports Bluetooth, has built-in home screen and screenshot buttons, and a battery with an estimated 20 hours of life. Like most 8-bit Doe controllers, it supports a handful of platforms, including the Switch, PC, Mac, and Android. The controller is 30 bucks and is expected to start shipping on February 28th. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, and it says here um, it's releasing a new version of its retro receiver wireless adapter if you happen to have an original Genesis, which, you know, some people still do. So I think having that option is is pretty cool. Like, I, I always like hearing about these wireless controllers that work with, you know, the old consoles that have just a touch of, like, the modern technology added to them. Yeah, and 8-Bit Doe uh, actually has a pretty good track record of, of making good controllers, so this is kind of interesting. If I had a Genesis, I would totally want something like this. Uh, did it have a price or anything for it? Uh, 30 bucks. 30 bucks. That's not bad. 8-Bit mm-hmm. Doe, generally, it, it, I, I like to see them as kind of a high-end accessory maker for um, people such as ourselves that... Uh, that see themselves as enthusiasts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> enthusiasts. Enthusiasts. <laughs> no, for sure. Like I, I've heard nothing but or mostly positive things from eight bit dough. I've never used any other products, but yeah, if you have a Genesis, definitely look into it. Cause for $30, that's not bad at yeah, all. That's not bad at all. Uh, but let's go ahead and move into this month in video game history. In February of 1981, Konami releases Scramble, the first side-scrolling shooter with forced scrolling and multiple distinct levels. Let's take a look at Scramble and see what we're working with here. I love the flyer. It's so bad, it's great. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No Uh, screenshots, though, so I I don't know what the game actually looks like. Yeah, I'm not really... This isn't a very descriptive Mm-mm. Wikipedia other than it says, oh, you control an aircraft and you have to guide it across a scrolling terrain battling obstacles along the way. That's it's pretty straightforward. All right. Let's see uh, if this will cooperate. 
In February of 1981, Williams Electronics releases influential scrolling shooter Defender. Defender was always one of my favorite games for the Atari 2600 when I was a kid. I had it for the Atari and for the Commodore 64. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know anybody who didn't play that game. Even I've played that game. Yeah, Defender's great. Yeah, just the the logo on the the arcade machine is it's that classic red and yellow lettering that's pretty iconic from that time. Yeah, I always like the uh, the Atari box art too. Um, I don't know if you guys could bring that up and take a look at that, but um, it, it was it's back in the day of all the <clears throat> really kind of realistic almost um, illustrations that they would do for the Atari, uh, Atari games, where the the illustrations made the game look way better than it actually was. Oh, yeah, that does look really cool. It looks like a, a movie poster. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. All right, Wally, you're up next. So, in February of 1986, Namco releases Sky Kid Deluxe, their first game to use a Yamaha YM2151FM sound chip. I remember which talking about this. Rolls off the tongue. Oh, yeah, it does. Um, yeah, I remember talking about this last year and probably the year before that. <laughs> well, you know, the, the funny thing about the Yamaha sound chip that they used, it's the uh, first chip that I ever knew the name of. Really? That's weird. <laughs> <No>. Interesting. Because <laughs> I just read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, also February of 1986, SNK releases Ikari Warriors, which shares many elements with Taito's front line from 1982, but adds two-player simultaneous play and visuals closer to 1985's Commando. It's SNK breakthrough game in the U.S. Did I do a review of Akari Warriors for the Nintendo? That sounds familiar. I think I did. I know we, we've at least talked about it. I will uh, I'll look that up real quick to I mean, confirm. It was one of the games I liked as a kid, but it does not hold up as an adult. Let's see. I'm not seeing it in the... No, you have not. Oh, well, then I'm going to have to review it then. We may have talked about it around this time last year on This Month in Gaming History. Yeah. Mm, Makes sense. Let's see. February 21st of 1986, Nintendo releases The Legend of Zelda, designed by Shigeru Miyamoto for the Family Computer Disk System, the first game in the Legend of Zelda series. Never heard of it. Uh, Zelda is the hero, right? Yes, uh, that's what I heard. Wow, that, that used to make <laughs> that that would legitimately make me angry as a kid when people would do that. <laughs> How dare you? Oh, that was one of the first questions uh, on the uh, the trivia the other night. Was what was written above the old man's head in the in the first cave of Legend of Zelda? Oh, Wait, say, say the question again. Um, what was written above the old man's head in the first cave in Legend of Zelda? Oh, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this. Yes. Correct. Also uh, on many a t-shirt. Yes. It, yes. You know, I, yes. In uh, February, February 12th to be specific, of 1990, Nintendo releases the NES game Super Mario Brothers 3 in North America. It sells 17.28 million copies, making it one of the best-selling standalone video games of all time, 
which is amazing for a game that no one heard of going into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you had to watch The Wizard to find yeah. out about it. <laughs> That's the first time that I think a uh, tie-in game for a movie was as successful as it was. Yeah. That might actually be true. They should do a remake (laughs) of The Wizard. (laughs) I wouldn't doubt it. Um, In February 14th of 1991, DMA Design releases Lemmings, a puzzle game that requires the player to lead a group of Lemmings through a dangerous environment to an escape portal. And I remember they pushed Lemmings really hard when I was a kid for the Super Nintendo. Uh, I remember that it was was on on the cover of Nintendo Power back in the day. I had that Nintendo Power. Same. Yep, me too. Never played it though. What? I didn't. I either. have not. I've never played Lemmings. I loved Lemmings. It was so much fun because if you failed, the little Lemmings would fall off of the cliff and die spectacularly. <laughs> oh man! Poor Lemmings. And to close us out on this month or this week's episode of this month in video game history. On February 6, 1991, Capcom releases Street Fighter II for the arcades. It becomes highly successful and is routinely listed as the grandfather of the fighting game genre. It's also credited with revitalizing the arcade game industry at the time and popularizing direct tournament-level competition between players. Never heard of it. (laughs) Yes, it's that one game with the people. Yeah, it's that one game with With the the people and the guy and the the Hadouken. (laughs) <laughs> or as I call it, the one that's not as good as Mortal Kombat, but that's yeah. just me. Yoga Flame! <laughs> Yoga Fire! Yoga Flame! I don't, I don't understand what yelling the move you're doing to me is supposed to do here, because I can block it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's part of the power, is you have to actually scream it, kind of like in uh, uh, Elder Scrolls. Yeah, well, I'm glad I don't have to scream everything that comes out of my body. <laughs> Major dump. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, let's go into our review for the night. Resident Evil 2 is a survival horror game developed and published by Capcom. Players control police officer Leon S. Kennedy and college student Claire Redfield as they attempt to escape from Raccoon City during a zombie apocalypse. It is a remake of the 1998 game Resident Evil 2. It was released worldwide for the PlayStation 4, Windows, and Xbox One on January 25th, 2019, last, uh, the Friday before last. The game received their critical acclaim with praise for its presentation, gameplay, and faithfulness to the original. So I just finished the uh, the Leon storyline the other night. I'm about to start the Claire storyline, and um, I'm just gonna say it. It's this. Uh, I reviewed Resident Evil 2 for the N64. What about a year or so ago? And uh, and it kind of in preparation for the re-release of of this game, which I've been diligently waiting on. And holy crap, was it worth the wait? So have you guys delved into it at all? I have not. Neither have I. 
it, it definitely, um, once you get into the, the game and the actual police station itself, it's, it's a lot similar. Like where the game really starts, um, where you make your way to the police station, uh, they change a lot of stuff around. But once you get to the police station, it's, it's relatively the same. Um, there is one little kind of beginning section of the game uh, that was never in the original where Leon is going to Raccoon City. Um, he was, you find out later, he was told to stay away, uh, because he was supposed to start like the week before he was told by his superiors to stay away. Um, there was no news coming out of Raccoon City. So he decided to go in and see what was going on. Uh, he stops at a gas station to, uh, to, to get some gas and he goes into the gas station and you kind of, you know, that's where you see your first zombie and, um, you kind of get a feel for how the game, it's kind of like almost acts like a little bit of a tutorial where it shows you how to run, shows you how to aim, uh, all that kind of stuff. And of course this game is so much better than the original because the tank controls the, uh, the really bad camera, uh, angles are gone. It's strictly third person over the shoulder and oh my God, does it make so make the game so much better? So yeah, something I've, something I've been curious about is it, more a question about just comparing this game to others. I've never really pl- played a Resident Evil game before, but I've followed like its success. I know it's a very popular franchise. What is it about Resident Evil 2 that makes it so much better than the original? Because when I hear about all the games, Resident Evil 2 is always the one that comes up first. Well, the first one was kind of almost like a beta test for part two. Like, it's okay as a game, but, uh, you know, the voice acting, the the setting Uh. wasn't all that great. The dialogue wasn't all that great. But then once they got to Resident Evil 2, like, the cutscenes were so much better. Um, Even to this day, they still hold up to this day, the cutscenes. You know, just the whole atmosphere, uh, the puzzle solving that you have to do. Um, going around and, and, you know, doing a lot of backtracking to like, you'll come across a puzzle that you won't be able to solve until later, that type of stuff. Uh, and just trying to make your way through the police department, you know, coming across different, uh, notes and paperwork and thing that lets you know what's going on. You kind of get the story as you go along from, uh, different people that you run across in the game that kind of give you some dialogue, uh, you know, there's different paperwork you come across that you read that's notes and things like that. So you kind of get an overall sense of the story as you're going along. It's not it's kind it it's not hitting you in the face with like cutscenes and things like that. Like you're learning the story as you go along. And that's what keeps you going is is solving uh-huh. the puzzles, getting to that next area and trying to find more clues to what's been going on and what happened. So that's, and just the, the, the total atmosphere of the game is just completely what sucks you in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I ag- agree with you entirely because whenever I was um, a teenager and playing the original uh, game, there just seemed to be something a little off about the first one. Yeah. You know, like like it, like it wasn't really finished 
almost. Yeah, and I agree with that. The the second one felt like you know epic, mm-hmm. like you were in the stuff. You know, like in the first one, yeah, there's a lot of zombies. There there are some really good parts to the first one. You know, the first zombie you run into, the first time the dogs jump through the windows, but in Resident Evil 2, they took it to such a huge step where not only was it all of those things that you mentioned, but also the the idea that you could actually start at the very beginning and play as a different character, having an entirely new experience with it. Yeah. And, you know, each had their strengths and weaknesses and And you had to adjust your play style for that as well. Well, I was going to say that that was something new for the time too, because what you did in one game, if you played Leon, the things you did in that game affected the second game that you played with Claire. So you would have to decide whether or not you were going to take those bullets that you found in a locker. Because if you take them in Leon's game, they're not going to be there for Claire's game. So you had to kind of, you know, figure out where to leave stuff, you know, what you were going to leave behind and things of that nature. So that had really never been done up to that point. That's a cool concept. I like that. Uh, and it's not really. It, it, I haven't played the uh, the Claire version yet on on this remake, but I've read enough to know that it's not like that this time around. You don't have to worry about uh, what you do in Leon's game affects her game. It's a complete separate experience. Um, but that's what the the, wow. the the cool thing about it is is when you go through his, like his storyline is completely different than hers. I mean, it's not like you're going through the same game with just another player. It's a complete different storyline that you're going through, but they also intersect at different times. You know, you run across each other in the game. So it's kind of cool to know that when you meet up, like you remember what you were doing in Leon's game when you meet up at this point in Claire's game and stuff like that. So, if you're really into games that it it is scary and there are pulse pounding moments in this game, but if you just like exploration and uh, puzzle solving, then this game is just right up your alley. You know, it's it's kind of Zelda ish like that as far as the uh, the puzzle solving that you have to do in the game. Are there puzzle solving aspects in all the games, or just this one specifically? I I think so, but I think uh, in the first game, yes. Uh, I don't remember part three all that much. I remember playing it for PlayStation. It was set in a mansion. Uh, it was Nemesis, island. wasn't it? Yeah, it was on like an island or something like that. Uh, it, it wasn't great. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, I don't even there think was, I finished it. Uh, uh, there there was puzzle four. aspects to that. Uh, and the uh, what? Do you remember the one that came out on Dreamcast? I don't remember... Uh, I think uh, that was just a, a on rail shooter, wasn't it? No, there was another one that I know what you're talking about. No, uh, it's uh, Red something or other. Uh, um, code, code Code Veronica. Code Veronica. Yeah, uh, I, I um, that game did have a lot of puzzles um, in it. So, and that was the last one I had played. Uh, I played four and five. I did. 
play six for a bit. Uh, I remember six being a little bit more of an action game uh, in the style of just kind of like a third person shooter type of thing. Uh, but uh, four, I remember, I think ha- still had puzzles in it. Um, and five, I think, was a bit more of like just a shooter as well. Never played seven. I have watched some videos of it on um, YouTube, but I never played seven. Uh, I kind of dropped off the Resident Evil train after. I don't even think I finished part six. I think I played it, I had it for Xbox 360. Played it for maybe a week and got about halfway through it, and I got bored because they did really did kind of change the formula after a while. It didn't have that uh, sort of claustrophobic yet epic, you know? Yeah, like uh, danger is around yeah. every corner. Exactly. Like you, and, you're and scared the, to walk around corners and things like that. Because a lot of the tension is. Um, trying to determine, okay, is it worth shooting the zombie? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, because you have a very limited amount of ammunition. Oh, God. And this one, the even original. worse. <laughs> oh, my God. It's worse? Yeah, I felt like it was worse this time around. I ran around this half Half this game I ran around with no bullets. Just running from stuff. Just throwing pistols at yeah <laughs> and then you don't even get to keep your knife like your knife actually has like a little life bar on it <laughs> and if you get attacked what? by a zombie you can stab the zombie in the neck and you can't get your knife back until you kill the zombie so if you stab it in the neck and you don't have any bullets then you have no way to kill it to get your knife back and there's no more head stomping. They took the head stomping out of it. Remember? Oh, no. Yeah, there's no head stomping in the game. I don't know why they, they took that out. Maybe it was a little and, too brutal. Because it used to be a, a zombie could grab you by the pant leg. Yeah. And you could shake it off and then stomp it in the head and it would die. Well, yeah, this, this is time. all. This is this is outrageous. I'm not playing it. Yeah, this time you, you just you can just get away. You can't stomp them in the head or anything. <laughs> this chaps my bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I really very much enjoyed the game. Uh, if you've played Resident Evil 2 on uh, the original PlayStation or the N64, it's very much the same. Once I got into the police station. It's set up almost exactly the same. I, I pretty much knew where to go. Um, still kind of remembered where to go, where stuff was. But, I mean, they did add a lot of stuff to it, uh, different things here and there. The whole ending of the game, uh, once you get to the sewers, is very different than the uh, original game. And once you get to kind of the final boss, uh, like you actually get into um, Umbrella uh, their un- underground um, laboratory and all that kind of stuff, which was great. I had so much fun during that part. Uh, I love it. I mean, it, this is the best remake of a video game I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the attention to detail, the love that went into it, you could tell that they really loved this game when they were making this. That was actually going to be my next question. Is this the greatest remake you've ever played? Yeah. Uh, I, I've only played through Leon. I'm, I still have to play through Claire. But just from the Leon story, 
I give this a solid 9.5 out of 10. Wow. Well, that kind of goes with the other other reviews because like you're looking at, you know, all if you're on the Wikipedia page, all these scores. Oh, yeah. basically the the absolute lowest is like a nine. Yeah, destructive. That's saying give a, it's a nine out of ten. Uh, well, the whole Metacritic is uh, for PC is a ninety out of a hundred. PS4 91 out of 100, Xbox One 92 out of 100. So you're looking at roughly in the 90% uh, high scores for this game. It's great. It, it's damn near a perfect video game. Wow. That's awesome. I like it. So I, that's all I have to say about it. It's <laughs> If you like horror games and you love the, the original Resident Evil you like being scared? Play this game in the dark and put on the surround sound because they definitely make use of it. It's one, it's one reason why I'm very hesitant to play a Resident Evil game is because I get scared very easily. Heck, even the intro music made me feel uneasy. Yeah. Uh, well, just because of the game. Look out behind you! And, ah! uh, you've got parts of the game where, you know, liquors are... are Multiple liquors are coming after you, and if you've never been chased by a liquor, and uh, and I'm not talking about spirits or, or or booze, I'm talking about like the skinless, uh, toothy, muscular, like I don't even know what it they looks, are. What like the hell is a liquor? Peeled venom. Yeah, it's like a peeled venom <laughs> that's coming after you. Ugh. And it, they're very hard to kill, and most of the time you're out of ammo, so you just have to run. And a lot of times, I would just run into a room, pull up the map, figure out where I've, what other room I need to be in, and just make a beeline for wherever I need to go as fast as I could just to, to avoid uh, any uh, liquors that were waiting outside for me or any zombies that I couldn't kill because I was out of ammo. And that's, that's what builds the tension in this game is the fact that you're out of ammo most of the time. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's frustrating, but at the same time, I understand why they did that because it just makes it so much more uh, tense, you know? Yeah. But any no, questions? That's, that's awesome, though. Any questions about it before we, we leave here tonight? No, I, th I think you did a, a very good job of explaining, you know, what the game is, it's comparisons to the originals and everything. So it's, I know it's been in the works for a long time and a lot of people were excited for it. So I'm glad it finally came out and that it was, that it met the hype. Yeah. I was there day one to pick it up at the GameStop down the street from my house, got home, popped it in, started playing it. And I played it for three and a half hours the first night, uh, long wow. enough, long enough to give myself nightmares that night. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. But yeah, it took me about a week to finish it because uh, it is pretty lengthy and I only got to play for like an hour here and there. So I'd say it roughly just kind of going through without any sort of walkthrough. I've been hearing people that used a walkthrough and could get through the game in roughly about three hours. But I took my time and checked everything out and uh, died multiple times. Yeah, I'd say it took me roughly about, I'd say, eight or nine hours to get through it, somewhere around hmm. there. Okay. 
and that's without too many mistakes. I mean, I'd say I yeah. died probably. I'd say I died probably ten times through the, throughout the whole game. That's respectable. Yeah. So I, I still earned an S ranking. I, I don't really know what that means. I guess it means satisfactory. Because every time you play through, you get a ranking. I think you know, S is usually, at least in games I've played, S is higher than A. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Probably means sucks. Your game sucked. Oh, <laughs> sucks? But that's all I have to say for it. If uh, if you guys got anything else you want to throw in about it, um, I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. I highly recommend it if you have a PlayStation 4 or an Xbox One or on PC. Go get it. It's completely worth the money. Sweet. Uh, S rank is uh, basically uh, the exceeds expectations. Oh, awesome. And that's why we love having Wally around. Yeah, fact checker. (laughs) (laughs) So, fellas, Wally, anything you want to plug before we leave here tonight? Uh, not much. Uh, May 1st, uh, be on the lookout for the great movie guide. Uh, it's going to be a journey into the 100 greatest movies of all time as voted on by my friends. Uh, the first episode will be essentially us going over all the movies that didn't make it to the list. And, uh, the number 100, uh, uh, episode is going to be on Moana. So uh, I will uh, be discussing the making of Moana, uh, the um, some trivia about the year that it came out, as well as discussing it with somebody who really loves that movie. So uh, just be prepared. All right. <laughs> oh, and before, I'm excited for the podcast. Before we uh, we move on to Derek, I need do need to say that Mr. Wallace Phelps, the official fact checker, and Mr. Derek and I will be on a panel at Pensacon Sunday, February 24th at 4 p.m. at the Grand Hotel Room A at Pensacon. Come watch us uh, talk about retro video games live, and we will we will be recording the show. And you can hear Wallace uh, correct us in real time. And also, <laughs> because I got, as as you know, I never like to let facts get in the way of a good story. That's right, correct. And I w- have been added to the defending bad movies panel. The oh, same I'm so day, excited for this uh, Sunday, February twenty fourth at one thirty p.m. in Grand Hotel Room B. So go catch us at two different panels. That day, I, I am excited for both of these, especially the defending bad movies panel. Do you know what that's supposed to even be? As a matter of fact, yes, because <laughs> I I have decided how I want to do it. So, um, for those who can't make it, I will be recording that for for my podcast, the Derek Diamond Experience. So, uh, what we're gonna do? And this is kind of breaking news because I just decided on this like yesterday. So. The panelists, it'll be myself and some panelists sitting at a table. I'm going to have a list of bad movies in a hat, and I'm going to draw them at random. And whatever movie I draw, everyone has to name at least one good quality about that movie. Awesome. Fantastic. And I'm not going to let anyone know what the movies are beforehand. 
So 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 you're the moderator. Jason's Correct. a part of it. I am also a part of it. Oh, you uh, are? Sweet. Yeah. Uh I got asked yesterday. Um so uh I'm excited. Fantastic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Both these panels are going to be great. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, that's breaking news. Nobody nobody knows about that except for Steve Wise. <laughs> so Derek, what you got to pimp before we get out of here? No, just be sure to check out the Derek Diamond Experience. Uh, new episodes out every Thursday on uh, iTunes, Spotify, all podcasting platforms. Just search for the Derek Diamond Experience, and you can follow the show on all forms of social media at D Diamond Podcast. Fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and play our outro music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. We are on nerdcaveretro.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at nerdcaveretro and individually at jfunktastic at Derek underscore diamond and at the real big wall. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash nerdcaveretro. Go throw us a few bucks over on Patreon and get us back up to that $50 level so we can give you guys an extra episode every month at Patreon patreon.com slash retro and also don't forget please leave us a review wherever you listen to the show so Derek please tell everyone what it's all about may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce Master Blaster runs by the town <laughs>